everybody, and welcome back to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts, me, it's Ariel, and me, Raylene. Oh Woo. my god. I mean Ruben. We're back. <laughs> Sorry. Ruben. <laughs> We're back, and it feels good. It feels right. We are rusty as heck. Yeah, it's and honestly, us... we're like, we don't talk as much without the podcast, so it's like, it's I miss true. you, man. I totally agree. It's not felt good. No, it's felt it's wrong. Bad um, we're so glad to be back. As everyone knows, we announced, I mean, randomly in an episode, I was like, we should just take August offline. And you were like, we should. We so we announced it. that we'd be taking August offline. We hadn't planned to stop recording the podcast. We were just going to like completely go off social media. But we decided it was the right thing for us to do, to just like completely disconnect mm-hmm. From consuming stuff online, but also from creating stuff online. We just kind of were like, you know what? Take a break. The world's not going to end. Well, with the tw- with 2020, who knows? It might <laughs> it could at any moment. <laughs> um... So yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna be doing a fun episode today where we kind of just like go over our reading in the last month. We're gonna talk about some of the best things we read, some of the most exciting books we bought, but we're also gonna be talking about what it was like to be offline. Um, I'm excited, Raylene, to hear from you because, like Raylene just said, we haven't been chatting as much. Maybe we also took a break from ourselves. Yeah, from each other. <laughs> I just needed to be away from everything, <laughs> including, including myself, Ariel. interacting with anyone. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna talk personally about how our months offline went. But we wanted to say, like, as a podcast, uh, as a podcast, that this time to disconnect has really let us understand why we make the show mm-hmm. <laughs> why we have books unbi- uh, unbound and it's that we're here to make you all smile we've received and it's i mean it has touched our hearts we've received so many messages and emails from patrons from listeners um sharing how this podcast is a reprieve and an escape from the madness of the world and we want to keep doing that the best that we can um, you know, those messages that we've got over the last few weeks have really meant a lot to me and to really, like, yeah. whenever one of us gets one, whether it's through email or a DM or whatever, we, on, like, on, because, like, on Patreon and stuff, it will, like, email us about it mm-hmm. and stuff, so whenever we get one of those messages, Raylene will, like, screen cap it or will copy and paste it and text it to me. Like, that's the only time we communicate. Yeah, or look, it's look like at this nice we- thing somebody <laughs> sent about us. <laughs> And it's like all of these really beautiful messages that really, it's funny because whenever we get those messages, they make me think about the entertainment that I love that helps me escape. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the kind of message I would write to like Hank and John for their podcast, Dear Hank and John. That's my favorite podcast. I listen to that whenever I'm feeling sad or I can't sleep or whatever. I put it on and it makes me feel better. It helps me escape. So to know that we're doing that for other people, I mean, that's why we're doing it. That's huge, You know? Um, and yeah, we want to do it the best that we can. So it means that we take being inclusive and being diverse seriously. It means that sometimes we'll need breaks. Like we started doing the podcast back in October, 2019, and we didn't take a break. That was kind of dumb. Yeah. We (laughs) we should have just taken at least a week off at one point. Yeah. Now we know that like taking breaks is good. Um, thinking about, how we um, share what we share is important, but that, yeah, we're here to share the books with you, what we read, what we're excited about, book news. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we want to say that off the bat. We're excited to be back. We're mm-hmm. feeling refreshed. Um, and we have a couple of 
minor changes that they're not really big earth shattering it's not like we're gonna change the name of the podcast or <laughs> our episodes are now 15 minutes long three times a <laughs> week it. no it's it's not not huge changes but we're making a couple of little changes um that raylene is gonna talk us through thanks man because i just talked for a long time so <laughs> raylene take it away yeah we've just like reformatted a little bit so you may notice that this episode is going to be an update episode and yeah. next week will be a book recommendations episode, but we'll recommend yeah. more books. There will be more recommend- recommendation yeah. requests packed into one episode. So we just want to have more time each week to be able to exactly. talk about each book because we sometimes feel totally. rushed. Sometimes yes. we are so tired because we've been recording for an hour and a half and we barely talked about the books. And yeah. we just want to be able to flesh out our explanations a little more. So we're spreading out the way that we do things but you'll still get all the same content just in a slightly different package and exactly and we're going to be uploading on thursdays instead of tuesdays because that just makes more sense for our schedules <laughs> yeah it's so funny because we were like in this disastrous spiral of like our t- our schedules not working and yeah we're like, but we got to stick to the tuesday deadline and then we had this moment at exactly the same time where we were like wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> it doesn't matter what day we upload <laughs> like as long fine. as we're consistent we can pick a different day so we're moving to thursdays and it's gonna be better <laughs> i can't wait i'm so excited for this new schedule oh man i know Oh, I'm hyped on it. So, so yeah, we're we're gonna try it out for a few weeks. You know, if it doesn't work out, we can always go back to how we did our episodes before. But exactly like you said, Raylene, we were feeling rushed in our in our normal episode structure, like doing our updates, like what we read, what we're currently reading, etc., and doing all of the recommendations. Yeah, sometimes so it just didn't it. feel balanced. Like sometimes we would only mm-hmm. spend five minutes on recommendations, and that's just not okay. It's just wrong, man. It is it's wrong. Just wrong. <laughs> it's a crime, actually. Um, <laughs> so let's now talk about hashtag books unbound offline. Um, so good. I'm very curious to hear kind of Raylene, you know, we were originally going to do updates throughout the, like every week when we recorded the episodes, but that didn't happen. Um, And so I have no idea how your books Unbound Offline went. I'm very curious to hear kind of what happened. I just okay. flip a, a journal page. <laughs> I, I brought out my notebook because I obviously since I was offline, I wasn't able to use Goodreads. And so I used this handy dandy notebook, which I color coded everything, by the way, oof, um, oof. to keep track of books that I added to my TBR, what I was currently reading, what books I finished, and I wrote down my ratings and stuff. So I just wanted to um, first tell you how many books I finished, which I have to quickly okay. count. I'm very curious about this because... I'm a little scared to tell you mine. <laughs> I bet it's one or zero. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> okay. Apparently I read 12 books. That's insane. Three of them were How... graphic novels, though. Or four of them. But four still, of them. still, still. Actually, just three. I lie. Um, yeah, and one wow. of them was Midnight Sun. <laughs> 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 Anyways, that's not uh, what we're talking about right now, though. Um so yeah, it went pretty well. I guess now I hadn't actually counted until this moment, like how many books I had read. So 12 yeah. books is definitely above my regular average nowadays. I usually read like maybe four books in a month just because life is busy and I don't read very much. Yeah. So I feel like it has definitely totally. improved my reading. And wow. But I also found lots of moments where I was like, I have nothing to do and I don't feel like reading. So I would just find something else to do. Like I started yeah. painting a little bit this yes, month. Yes, you did. It's true. I've only done one painting so far, but it 
It was so much fun. I did a painting really of my cool. favorite book spines. We should post it. We should post it on the Patreon. That's a good idea. Really I bought a frame cool. for it, so I'll put it in the frame oh. and then we can post it on Patreon. Yes. Because yeah, it's 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 rough, but it is pretty cool. I still think it's pretty cool. So for that's a something first attempt. Fun. Yeah. It's pretty freaking great. Thanks, man. <laughs> I've started knitting again, so it just like I feel like this month offline has allowed me to read more and do more of my other hobbies. Um, mm, which is mm -hmm. silly because it's like, why wasn't I doing that before? Why was I, I just know. scrolling through my phone? This is stupid. Um, so yeah, it, overall, my habits were better. I definitely was happier, I think, mm -hmm. throughout this month. Like, I just, mm -hmm. you know, spent more time talking to people and, yeah, you know, yeah. not being engrossed in my phone. Talking to real life people was great. Um, yeah. I had a Did good time. you miss the internet? Not really. Because I found... <laughs> You know what? I still use I the that. internet. And sometimes it would be for the randomest stuff, though. Like, sometimes I would just think of something and I was like, I have to Google this. Like, I have to know what this random piece of, like, information is. And that was, like, all I used the internet for. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't even have games on my phone. So, like, that's oh, the only okay. time I ever used my phone other than texting. And so sometimes I would go to play a game and I was like, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing here, man. <laughs> I better just do something else, I guess. That's funny. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. I am proud of you. I think that's really awesome. My month offline kind of went a lot differently than I thought it was mm -hmm. going to go. Um, so first of all, I only finished one book. At least one book that I remember. I like <laughs> feel like maybe there's a, one that I didn't remember. And but This I is really why you need a notebook. I know. I know. And I even started like a really cool spreadsheet on as i showed you oh I yeah send you a lot of photos of my spreadsheet um i did start a really sick spreadsheet but i only finished i think one book like i've been reading other books but i only finished yeah one book um and we'll talk about that in a minute yeah but i felt a lot calmer not being on the internet mm -hmm. i think for me that was the main thing i just felt calm i was like I didn't feel this constant anxiety that you feel when you feel like you have to check it. Like, yeah. oh, I gotta check it, I gotta check it. Oh, I haven't checked it in a while. Like, that kind of nagging thing. Um, I was, I forget what I was reading or what I was listening to. It was something about, something about social media and mm -hmm. about smartphones. And how the red badge icon, whether it's on an app that's like you're on Twitter and it says you have mentions, click on the bell, click yeah. on the bell. Or if you like even just your phone buzzes and it's like that apparently what it um, activates is your flight or fight response. Oh. And you're because you because a new moment has arisen and it could mean good news or it could mean bad news. So it's a similar to That's a flight true. or fight thing where, you know, we're out in the wild and you see a rabbit and you your instant thing is, oh, am I going to fight it and like eat it or am I going to run away because it's not a rabbit? I don't know what it is. So yeah. you get that same kind of reaction from your phone um, every single time it buzzes or tells you you have an alert and that is like causes like stress hormones to mm -hmm. go through your body yeah. and you're constantly basically living in stress and i get it because after not being on social media at all i was like way calmer i was a much calmer individual yeah because if your phone um, buzzes you know it's your friend texting you and it's probably everything's fine. yeah way more <laughs> calm exactly so i didn't miss twitter at all i will never miss twitter twitter is a horrible place <laughs> i kind of missed instagram a little bit mm. but i what what i found interesting was i missed stories more than i missed in-feed posts oh yeah just because like in updates. stories yeah it's just little updates from my friends that's what i miss um 
And that's fine. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. The one thing, and I will say this, especially in the second half of August, I did start going back on YouTube a bit. But not in the way that I, like, usually would just, like, scroll through my subscription. Yeah. I just kind of used it as, like, a search engine. So yeah. I would be like, hey, oh, I want to learn more about this. And so I'd watch some videos about it. So it didn't feel like how, like, scrolling. No, that's, it felt that's, like that learning. makes perfect sense, and that seems Yeah. Fine. Um... So the two things that I did do a lot of <laughs> this month, at the beginning of the month, is that I completely binged, and with an E, the Netflix CBC show, Anne of Green Gables adaptation. I don't even want to tell you how deeply invested <laughs> I am in that show, how sabotaged I feel that it got cancelled, mm. how angry I am at the CBC for messing it up. I honestly felt a little bit like committing treason of some sort <laughs> against Canada because I was like, how, how could the you? effing CBC mess this up for me? Um, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I love Canada. <laughs> and then... Um, and then the other thing that I just started, like, in the last week, Raylene, is I am addicted to a new video game. And I have to tell you about it. Oh, my it. God. Tell me about it. It is called Graveyard Keeper. Have you heard of this game? No. No. It's, like, an indie game. You <laughs> know, it's, those. like, developed by a small indie company. It is exactly like Stardew Valley. Like, <laughs> the it's 18, or it's, like, 16-bit yeah. drawing but but I honestly would say a bit more beautiful than Stardew Valley. Like, Stardew Valley is in my top three games, so I'm not, not knocking it at all. Yeah. It's just that, like, the art in this one is, like, the, a step up. The detail is really beautiful. But you are a graveyard keeper. You have to take care of your graveyard, and bodies get dropped off at the graveyard, and you have to, like, uh, do autopsies on them and then bury them. <laughs> you And, like, basically what happens is right at the beginning of the, like, the beginning of the game, yeah. you get hit by a car and you die, and you're, like, in heaven, and you're, like what happened i have to get back to my love i have to get back to my darling and some figure is like hmm okay if you prove yourself uh oh. in order to prove yourself you have to be a graveyard keeper you have to prove that you're a good graveyard keeper in medieval times and then you wake up and you're a graveyard keeper in medieval times so you have like a little That's house sick. you do a bit of farming to earn money so it's a lot like stardew valley but a bit more like an rpg because there's a bit more story yeah. to it it's like if if stardew valley is like 80% about farming or 90% about farming. Graveyard Keeper is like 30% about farming. Okay, 20%. cool. I'm addicted. It's amazing. Really it's so beautiful. I got it for 30 bucks on my Switch. I'm obsessed. Oh my God, what, was that that? <laughs> what was that sound? What was that sound? My terrible. Google Home started talking to me. <laughs> we have a third co-host. <laughs> that was scary. We have a, we have a new co-host. Jesus. Did you... How do you... Okay, well, we'll just pretend that didn't happen to everyone. Yeah, let's Maybe everyone one. else's Google Home... We said something. I said something Google, that turned everyone, her on. <laughs> everyone's Google Home is now is now activated. That's funny. Well, um, one thing that I wanted to do before we start talking about the books we read is that I actually set, set up a spreadsheet thing on our website where oh. people could submit... Like, how were they feeling about Books Unbound oh, offline? Cool. And because we stopped making episodes, we never mentioned it. <laughs> but, like, five people noticed it. Oh, anyway, cool. they must have, like, gone on our website. So I quickly wanted to just read what these five uh, people said because I think it's really interesting. So Marlene said, actually, it didn't... Basically, I just thought... I just asked, do you have any thoughts during Books Unbound offline? Uh, Marlene said, actually, it didn't feel like a big change to me and I didn't start to read more, but I finally found time and motivation for other things I love. For instance, writing, which led to an increase of my happiness. It accomplished exactly the thing I started it for, having more time for my passions, which 
I feel like that's exactly what both of us had. That's like really I'm cool. watching this game and or watching in with an E, which brought me so much joy and playing this video game. You're painting and doing. It gives you just that time. Literally, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of time. Time. Um, Angie said, I w- only went offline for two weeks, but in the future, I really think that I should try to be offline for two weeks of every month or for a whole month. To be honest, sometimes I felt lonely because I wasn't talking to my friends as much as I do, but I think it was really good for me for my reading and my cell phone's battery. (laughs) (laughs) I spend my time um, after lunch reading and not scrolling, which was nice. Love that. Um, Aniko says, I was very optimistic at first about going offline. I deleted my Tumblr and Facebook, only kept my Instagram where I only follow 30 bookish people. But as the COVID situation is getting worse in my country, so I don't know what country they're in, um, but all my blessings to you. (laughs) I just ended up spending more time on news websites. I was also re-listening to old episodes of podcasts I already listened to. I only managed to read or listen to four books, which is way more than me. I only finished (laughs) one because I had a week-long holiday also. Except for my holiday, holiday, I barely read anything. All in all, I still have work to work on how I should spend my time and how to avoid being online so much. That's the thing. Like, it's not only social media is it There's it's like so many other just things your that factor phone in. technology yeah. yeah i think the news thing can be a real time suck <laughs> all right don't. robin said and i think this one's really interesting i realized how performative my life was mm. things didn't feel real until they were posted online and seen by others i think that feeling has faded since taking a break from social media and i feel like i belong to myself again that I love really that. That's something home. I can really relate to that too. Even just with my reading, um, and we talked about this a little bit. I feel yes. like just being on Goodreads, my being on Goodreads felt performative. I feel like yeah. I choose my books that I'm going to read based on the fact that people are watching. And like yeah. sometimes I find that like I won't read manga for a while because I'm like, oh, if I just read a bunch of manga, no one will care. And it's like that's mm. not the point. So. <laughs> It made me really mad when I realized that about myself. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to use Goodreads as a social media anymore. I think I'm just going to use it as a way to track my reading. And that's it. Like, I am not going to do the stupid scrolling like I used to. I don't want to have a feed, at least not a big Mm -hmm. one. So Mm -hmm. that's, man, it's going to make some changes. No, I totally agree. And I was so used to, like, whenever I went on some sort of adventure, posting it on Instagram stories. Like, I gotta let people know. And I don't think it was... hmm, How do I say this? I don't necessarily think it was, like, malintent. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. I was trying to show off about my life. I don't think I was trying to be like, oh, oh, look at the cool things I'm doing. It just felt like, I've got to share. I want to share. I want people to see what I'm Mm -hmm. doing. And I don't feel that anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely got that feeling throughout the month, too. I was like, oh, I wish I could post this on Instagram. Or, oh, I wish I could... You know, when I was painting and stuff, I was like, oh, I wish I could show this to someone. And then I was like, oh, I'll just text it to my friends. Yeah, exactly. And that's and all I'm I needed. To <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that has big, been a big realization. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one is from Ashley. One of the things I did not realize until I started this challenge was just how much I use social media to find the books that I read. In August, I started getting into genres that I had previously not read much from before, and that was the first time I found myself really missing social media to find booktube videos with recommendations. It's interesting just how many books I have read because of social media sites, and it makes me wonder how many books I have not read that I may have loved simply because of the fact that nobody online has talked about them. Mm-hmm. So interesting. And that kind of is like Robin's performative thing. Right, yeah. where it's kind of like, 
I, that for sure happened to me. Like when I, I used before booktube, obviously I just found my books myself. And then during booktube times, everything I read was because of booktube and Mm. like, oh, I've got to read the next thing. And when no one's watching, you're a different person. Yeah. Seriously. When we talk about what books we read, all of the books I'm going to talk about are books that I've been wanting to read for a really long time, but just kept Mm. not reading them. And as soon as I was offline, I was like, I'm going to pick up that book because why not? (laughs) And it's, I just started picking them based entirely on my feelings and my Mm. mood and it felt so good. Yeah. So it was really cool to hear from people and to hear um, people's experience. We didn't, like I said, we didn't get to talk about that. I made that link. So I'm, we're going to, we're happy to do a couple more of these. So um, if you want to submit how you felt about Books Unbound offline, how taking some time offline was for you, please do. Just go to booksunboundpodcast.com and you'll find there's a button in the navigation menu. That's super cool. I didn't even know you made that button. (laughs) Watch me go, man. I'm just trying. (laughs) She's out of control. (laughs) All right, let's talk about the best books that you finished or the books you want to mention out yeah. of those 12 that you that you did read. I mean, you can go for a while because I only read one. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I only picked three specifically, but I've yeah, got yeah, my cool. list here so I can always just kind of quickly talk about some of the other ones. So I wanted to talk about what I considered to be my favorite books that I read in the month. Yes, please. Um, I'll start with the first one. This is the first book I picked up and was so random. Wait, this wasn't the first one. This is the first one. Um, <laughs> so I read Radio Silence by yes. Alice Oseman finally. I just... You know what? I love that book. It was great. It was seriously great. And it was such a quick read. You were right. Even though it's yes. fat, it reads so quickly. Yeah, it's so and readable. While I was reading it, I just like would remember the times that you recommended it. And I really mm. love because the I think the first time you recommended this was someone asked us for a book with an asexual main character and mm-hmm, it was about mm-hmm. friendship. Yes, and you recommended yes. this. And yeah. this is the perfect recommendation for that. Now that I've read it, yeah. I'm like, this is so good. Because it is literally about two people who are really weird and kind of loners and they mm-hmm. become best friends. And yes. the book is all it's about so them just becoming best friends and living in each other's weird little worlds and just embracing each other for who they are. And, oh, it was so good. Um, But the plot of this book, for those who don't know, it's about... I don't even remember what the main character's name is. And that doesn't matter. The main character (laughs) is this girl who is super overachiever. Like, she's kind of top of her class, battling it out with this other guy who is also at the top of the class. And all she cares about is getting into university Mm -hmm. and having the best grades and all this kind of stuff. And But she has a secret passion for this podcast. That's like a story a story kind of podcast. Yeah, like a scripted podcast. Yeah, yeah. And she's obsessed with it. She does fan art for it and posts it online and has a pretty big following, but nobody knows who she is. Nobody knows yeah. that she's the artist who does this. So it's kind of like her secret. And um, then she, by some crazy circumstances, meets the <laughs> maker of the podcast and becomes best friends with him. And then that's kind of where the story goes from there. And ah. Oh, it was beautiful. It was it beautiful, beautiful and it was diverse. It was wonderful. There's lots of LGBT rep in there and oh, it just really hit me in a good spot. Yeah. And it made me angry that I hadn't read it sooner because you've been telling me to read it for a long time. Oh, I've heard nothing but good <laughs> things. Nothing but good things from everyone else. And yeah. I just like, eh, whatever, I'll read it eventually. And that was just the first book that I gravitated towards. And That's awesome. I'm I really glad that you liked to- it. It's so good. I, I thought you would like it. I really thought that it would jive with you. Um, the main character is mixed race, which is just a fun right. little fact. That is you true. Because you don't find that very often. But no. uh, 
I'm really glad you liked it. Damn. That actually, I was really thinking about picking up Solitaire by Alice Oseman because mm. I've the only other one I've read by her is Heartstopper. Yeah. And I really want to read another one of her novels or her That's new true. one, Loveless. I was just going to say, I got Loveless sometime in the past two months Ooh. or something. I'm really excited to read that now. I'm glad I finally read Radio Silence so that I, like, I'm You're more excited. Yeah, I'm on the train yeah. to reading more of her books. Um, well, next book I want to talk about is another super random one, and that is Recursion by Blake Crouch. I remember I texted you Never when I started reading this. I was yes. like, Ariel, look at this random book I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm so glad I read it. It was so good. Um, so oh, this is by the same wow. guy who wrote so Dark far, this Matter. Is a success story. Yeah. Love do it. you remember Dark Matter? This is the same yes. author. Yes. Yes. So this is his cool. book that came out last year. I bought it, of course, right away when it came out in hardcover and didn't mm-hmm. read it until this past month when it came out in paperback. So I do that so it often. It made me angry. I saw that it, it was out in paperback me, and I was like, you yes. idiot. <laughs> it makes me aggressively angry because I'm like, I even prefer reading paperback. Yeah, so it's why like, why did I, I pay $35 on this one? I could have just spent <laughs> 22 on a nice yeah. floppy paperback. But anyway, think, I think we should, maybe we should institute a new rule. We can never buy hardcovers again unless we mean to buy, to read them that Immediately, month. yeah. Yeah. That's a really good rule. What are we doing? I know. Like, wasting money. <laughs> it's really stupid. Um, but yeah, so this book, Recursion, is really, really cool. Um, I mean, so is his other book, Dark Matter, is also cool. They're both very much like Black Mirror episode, kind of mindfucky type of books. And I love that. And so this one is all about memory basically there's this scientist who is kind of trying to create a special chair that will help people relive their memories basically for people with alzheimer's because her mom is sick and she wants her mom to be able to retain some of her memories and so she starts creating this this machine that will be able to do that and then um some rich guy basically comes at her and is like hey i've got a bunch of money let me help you with this project and then it just kind of gets blown out of proportion crazy stuff starts happening it similarly to dark matter it kind of involves weird like maybe this Mm. is real maybe this could happen type of science Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. i really enjoy i don't want to talk about it too much because it's so interesting to discover it for yourself um but yeah it's very cool techno thrillers kind of how his books are often described no yeah it's really cool (laughs) yeah so it's really great it's one of those books that like within the first 50 pages you're like oh my god what is going on i have to keep reading Mm. so i was really glad i finally read that because it could have been years honestly before i picked that guy up but then it just so I saw it on my bookshelf. And does just he have to. other books out? Are you gonna no? Read oh wait, yes he does. He also has the Wayward Pines books or the Pines trilogy. Mm. it was made into a TV show, I think. They look kind of weird, but I think I'll have to read them because I really like <laughs> he his has a good books. Track record with you. Yeah, I've loved both yeah. of his books that I've read so far. So I think I'll definitely yeah. have to look into that. That's funny. I always forget he has those books because nobody talks about them. Well, the maybe last... you can be the one who talks about. I them, will really. champion Blake Crouch. He's my man. Um, and the last like favorite book that I read this past month, I'm so mad at myself for not buying it and reading it sooner. And that is the Life is Strange comic. Oh, somebody told us during a live show once. They're like, "Why don't you just read the comics?" Because I was talking about how much I love this game. This is the one that's based on that oh, video game. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And basically that. Life is Strange is this video game. It's a story-based game where every decision you make for the characters changes the outcome. And so at the end of the game, there are these two big options and you can only choose one or the other. And so this kind of follows the aftermath of picking one of those options, um, which is kind of funny because it's not the option I picked. So I'm like, ooh, this is like an alternate 
reality. Oh, I, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, so it's like not what I chose to happen, but um, people who've played the game will now know that I'm a monster. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> they know what the comic's about but yeah it's so good it's about these two girls who are great friends one of them has a power to time travel and that's what Mm. the game is all about and stuff too obviously but yeah so I can't really talk too much about the comic without spoiling everything but um I immediately purchased volume two and three after I finished reading this because I was like great it was so good and ends on a cliffhanger and there's only three volumes so I'm gonna read those ones probably sometime this month I oh yeah I'm just so excited yeah, you should tell us what you read, and if I have anything else that I need to mention, I will let you know. Well, cool. Well, I really, I just remembered that actually I did read two. One, <gasps> Good job. I read like right at the beginning of before we went offline, sort of, but I wanted to talk about it, yeah. and it was the Anne of Green Gables graphic novel oh, yeah. by Brenna Thumler. Well, it's illustrated by Brenna Thumler. I forget who did L. the adaptation. L. M. Montgomery. Oh, what? I mean, <laughs> yes. <it's, laughs> I know that, but I mean, I forget which Somebody writer the did the, yeah. the text in the graphic Yeah, I don't novel. know. Um, for some reason, the name Marlene is, ste- is stepping out in my Maybe mind. You're Maybe you're right. Maybe it's Marlene. Anyway, I read the graphic novel. I lent it to my mom, so that's why I'm not holding it right now, and I don't have the, the author. Fair. But it was so good. I literally read it in one sitting. I sat Ooh. down. I read it. I loved it. And then, because of that, Dude, an Anne of Green Gables moment is in, happening in my life. And thank God, it's about time. So it's like I said, time. I then binged the show. And we'll talk about the books I bought in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I really love that graphic novel. It's so beautiful. One of my all-time favorites now. I already want to reread it. It was just so beautiful. It made me cry. It made me cry. It's true. There was a tear in my eye. Um, <laughs> but the only novel that I read this month, but I really enjoyed and loved, was... Amy and Rogers oh, Epic Detour yes. by Morgan Madsen. So when I first started BookTube, this was like one of the first books I read. Was it because of BookTube or was it right before BookTube started? I Who forget, but it was like very early era. And it was like one of the books that I would talk about the most. I was like always recommending this book. Mm-hmm. It's about um, Amy who is like 17 and her dad has just passed away in a car accident. Her, she lives in California and her mom has decided to like move somewhere where the family doesn't have memories kind of thing. So they're moving to Connecticut and she needs to drive the family car from California to Connecticut, but because her dad just died in a car accident, she's too scared to drive. And so that's where Roger comes in. Roger is just this guy who is, you know, eight, he's like 19 or something, 20. Mm -hmm. And his mom, her mom knows his mom and he needs to get to near Connecticut also. So he's going to drive and they're going to do this four day road trip together. But of course it's called their epic detour because they just go on all of these tangents and to different places. And I remember loving the book. And I just needed a comfort read. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to read something that was new or scary or or particularly exciting. I just yeah. wanted, you know, mashed potatoes, but not in the, like, our sense. In the warm, comforting sense of a good mouthful of mashed potatoes. Yeah. So anyway, loved it. It held up. And thank God. Because I don't think I could have t- taken the devastating loss of it not holding up. If you know yeah. what I mean, I would have been so sad. But it totally holds up. You know, it's YA. It's, um... 
I'm only going to recommend it to you if you already like YA. There are some people who don't like YA and there are certain books in the YA genre that I still think they should read. Like everybody sees the ants, I think transcends young adult, right? So certain books like that, I don't think that Amy and Rogers necessarily transcends YA. It doesn't like really move into literary fiction or anything. It's no perks of being a wallflower. (laughs) No, exactly. It's no perks, but I still really like it. And if you are into YA, you should, and you haven't read this for some reason, you really should. It's beautiful. It has really amazing character development, like really well paced, well plotted. It was fun. It was interesting. I had a great time. So That's I'm really great. glad that that book didn't die. You want to know what book youth. died for me? I think I told you about this already. <gasps> you did but tell me. Yeah. So I just need to tell everyone because I think I've talked about wanting to reread this series. Yeah. And that series is Uglies by Scott Westerfeld. I'm, I'm This feels so sad to me. I almost really don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I know. I was so excited. Okay. So I went camping. I brought Recursion with me and I brought Uglies. I flew through Recursion and I was like, well, time for Uglies. I was so excited. And, oh man, I got like 50 pages in and I was like, this is such a slog. Like Oof. when I was 11 and I read it, it was such a quick read. I was so into it, so intrigued by everything. But yeah. now as an adult, it just like so clearly reads as a book that was meant for 11 and 12 year olds. Damn it. As like, <laughs> you know, beginner dystopian YA. Just yeah. mm, like the world Shoot. is very interesting. Like the technology he came up with is very cool. But it's just written in such a way that I could not get through it. Oh I just God. couldn't. So I'm going to just, just let the memory of Ugly stay in my mind because I think it's genuinely a great series. I just yeah. can't read it as a 25-year-old woman. <laughs> I, You know what? I respect that. We all come to that moment in our lives with yeah. different books. It's sad, but it's but it's our truth. I'd rather not drag my way through it and then hate exactly. it. So exactly. I decided to put it, it down. It's not worth it. Yeah, it no. had its time in your life. Exactly. This is not its time. No. Well, let's talk about our most exciting purchases. I may not have read some, but I did buy lots. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, me too. And I mean, we can briefly both talk about how we got Midnight Sun in the mail. Oh, that sure came, did. That came at the beginning of August and you started reading it before I did, actually, because you got yeah, it Yeah, but I haven't finished it yet. I'm like third of the way through i think about a third of the way through it's a tough read (laughs) it's kind of a tough read so i kind of put it down yeah (laughs) i honestly i had to i binged through the second half of it in like three days because i was like i just want this to be over edward is so insufferable like being in his head (laughs) honestly it's funny i think we've talked about this before we were talking about twilight we're like it would be so much better if it had been told from edward's point of view and then now actually reading it from edward's point of view i'm like I think I like Bella better. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing. It's just, it's, it's just very slow. It's very slow. He Um, thinks way too much about everything. He thinks so much about (laughs) everything. Every time someone says something, he's like, a paragraph. Let me talk about what they, what they just said in a whole paragraph. It's also weird because it's not very plot driven. It's more like, mind reading driven like it's just edward's life is just hearing what other people are thinking and thinking about what they're thinking about exactly and you just slowly yeah you slowly move through the plot while he thinks about what other people are thinking about (laughs) and you're just like hey all right it's tough although one thing that i thought was really cool about the book and the one thing that it really added like the only thing that really was added to the series through this book yeah was getting to see more 
up close how Alice's powers work. I don't know how much you've seen in the first third. Oh, I third. haven't seen enough yet. It's cool. It's okay. cool, especially because he I can am, read her thoughts, yeah. so he can, like, see things right. and hear things that she, like, sees coming. It's very interesting to see the way that they bounce off of each other because mm-hmm. Alice sees her visions and Edward can read her mind, so they, like, have this weird thing going on where they're both, like, kind right. of psychics, and it's, like, it's really cool. So I like that aspect of it, but... I do like mm-hmm. learning more about the whole world. Like, it is fun learning little details mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. But, totally. Yeah. What else did you get? Well... I have decided to highlight only five because All right. I got a lot I, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of yeah. them, to be fair, I purchased before August and they just happened to show up in my mailbox. Same, actually. For um, quite a few of these, but go on. Yeah, so one of those for me was The Wind Up Bird Chronicle by Haruki Murakami. Ooh, I've yes, already shown you this, but amazing. it's great. For those who can't see what I'm showing Ariel right now, it's <laughs> the um, Vintage Japan edition. This is a series of, they've done six books, I think, in this these editions, and they look so beautiful when you have all of them. So I've ordered all of them except for one because I already own that book, but I can't wait for the rest to get here so I can have this beautiful set. I'm so excited to finally read some more Murakami since I've only read basically nothing. So yeah, (laughs) so that is one of my really exciting picks. I also got Passing by Nella Larson, which you also know about. I got this beautiful edition. It's a modern library trade paperback is what it says on the back. Don't know Basically, how much I got you. it, and you were like, I want that. And I was like, I got it on Book Depository. And then I went there. It's the cover that's like kind of a bright red and has the woman's face with the eye disconnected. That sounds really gross, but it honestly looks beautiful. Um, it is beautiful. So I'm really, I'm really excited to read this book. I think we should buddy read this. I agree, actually, because I want to read that soon. It's very short, and it looks real good. I almost <laughs> picked it up during August, but then I was like, I'm going to read Life is Strange instead because it just showed up and I was like, I need to read this. So I, I'm sorry. I just had to, but (laughs) it's definitely high on my list. I also got this really weird, (laughs) really weird sounding book. Um, It's called Hollow Kingdom by Kira Jane Buxton. It's this one. I think I told you about this one as well. I think Um, you did. I love the cover though. Yeah. I'm just going to read the first sentence of the back to you guys because it's quite hilarious. Um, Okay. ST, a domesticated crow, is a bird of simple pleasures. He spends his days hanging out with his owner, Big Jim, trading insults with Seattle's wild crows and enjoying the finest food humankind has to offer. Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so it's about this crow and I love that. Just from It's like, fun reading from those weird perspectives. Exactly. I'm like, this sounds really weird. I think it's gonna be really funny. I'm not sure if they talk to each other. I just think it's going to be a really good time. I saw it at Walmart because I was there grocery shopping and I was like, I'm going to buy this now. <laughs> and I'm glad that I did. I'd never heard of it. It looks super strange, but I'm really glad that I got it. Okay, just two more. I also picked up The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. Ooh, yeah. um, yeah, I haven't yeah. read his other book, but this one has been getting lots of buzz because obviously it won the Pulitzer Prize and it just sounded really cool. I actually didn't realize what it was about until I was standing in the bookstore looking at the back mm. of it. I think um, at some point we said that Colson Whitehead had only published two books. Yes. And it turns, and someone was like, that's not true. Oh, is that we a lie? Like, what? No, apparently it's not true. Apparently it's like has a lot of books. And we so. Oh, I swear I read like, that in an article correction. though. Like I was, I was reading right? off the but internet when I said that. Someone emailed us and they were like, oh. uh, he has more. I'll double check. You read that <laughs> while I double check. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll just read the back, a little bit of the back for you guys, because I had no idea what it was about and it sounds great. 
When Elwood Curtis, a black boy growing up in 1960s Tallahassee, is unfairly sentenced to a juvenile reformatory called the Nickel Academy, he finds himself trapped in a grotesque chamber of horrors. Elwood's only salvation is his friendship and fellow, uh, and fellow delinquent Turner. Sorry, with. I didn't know how to, I don't know how to read sentences. Uh, which deepens despite Turner's conviction that Elwood is hopelessly naive, that the world is crooked, and that the only way to survive is to scheme and avoid trouble. As life at the Academy becomes ever more perilous, the tension between Elwood's ideals and Turner's skepticism leads to a decision with repercussions that will echo down the decades. Of course Sounds great. <laughs> I, I love things about people being in Academies. Yeah, oh. I've heard really good things about that book. Yeah. I will verify right now. He has eight novels and two books of nonfiction. What in so the heck? He's written a lot of stuff. I don't know what we were thinking. Wow. I feel like that was idiot. our truth. But anyways, <laughs> I was like, he's only written two books and both of them have won the Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, we were like really amazed. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, he's, he's still, still amazing. amazing. <laughs> yeah, and he's pretty young for... You know, I, I think there was something about it. It was like, he's only 50 and he's won the Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, it's, it is it's crazy. Like, that is pretty wild. Okay. The last book that I bought that I'm really excited to talk about is The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. Yeah. It's funny. You already know about have... all these books because I keep texting you pictures of them. But Yeah. Well, you and I were talking, though, about how that book's kind of blowing up right now. It is. I've, yeah, before I went off social media, everyone was talking about it on Goodreads and, like, talking about it's how true. emotional it is and that it's, I like, I guess this... everything that we think about social media was from a month ago. Maybe no one's talking about it anymore. <laughs> I don't even know. I still haven't looked. It's September 1st when we're recording this. I haven't looked at anything yet. Oh, my God. You're right. Neither did I. At first... We're back <laughs> online, so... man. That's so funny. Funny. Oh my god! Actually, I'm sorry. Really, that's so funny. <laughs> that you would have thought today I would have been like, finally, I can go back. But I have a knock on Instagram today. Nope. I didn't even remember to try. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even think. Will to. I re-download that app? I'm not sure. I don't know if I will. I don't really <laughs> like her Instagram anymore. Um, but yeah, the house in the cerulean sea. I thought this was a middle grade fantasy book, but it's oh. not. No, it looks adult, like it. Right? If you look at it, it looks like I know what you true mean. It looks grade, a little like, like YA if you're being generous. Yeah, or like series of unfortunate it's very whimsical. vibes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but no, I found it in the adult fantasy section, so <laughs> it made me more intrigued. I was like, oh, not that there's anything wrong with middle grade, but I was like, I don't know why everybody is so obsessed with this middle grade book. Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so this is a fantasy book, and honestly, it sounds pretty great. It's another one that's it's kind of similar to um, Seanan McGuire's books a little bit, and she actually blurbs it. Um, she said, this book is very huh. close to perfect. She's the one who wrote Every Heart a Doorway and all of those books, for those who don't know. And yeah. they're just, like, about magical, not magical kids necessarily, but it's about, like, whimsy and magic and young people. And this book is kind of like that, too. I saw it described, where is it? On the back, it's described as 1984 meets the Umbrella Academy with a the pinch hell? of Douglas Adams thrown in. An utterly absorbing what? story of tolerance, found family, and defeating bureaucracy. Right? It's like, ha what? What? So it's like, so it's probably kind of like political, but also like goofy and like there's mm. magical kids. Yeah, there's a department in charge of magical youth and there's these people who live on an island or something. I didn't read too much about it because I was like, you know what? I just want to go in not really knowing what yeah. to expect because I love doing that. And I'm just going fully on the hype here. So, I mean, this obviously happened because of social media. We'll see if it pays off. That's we'll really cool. Huh. I'm, I'm very intrigued to hear what you think about that one because, I mean, I, I just got excited because it said 1984, I guess. Yeah. But, um... 
What was I about to say? I don't remember. I was going to ask you a question, but I forgot it. We'll just move on, everyone. Okay, it's, don't worry good. about that. Let's that's forget that a, happened. That's just a little uh, peek into my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very scatterbrained right now. Um, all right. Situation. What am I going to talk about first? I have so many books. Okay, let's talk about this one first because I we talked about it on the podcast before and it was one that I pre-ordered far in advance and it finally arrived. Oh, nice. um, and it's The Deep by <gasps> River Solomon. Yes, I got mine too. In this absolutely exquisite cover. I love it. It's like pink and teal and dark blue and it's just, it puts the original cover to absolute shame. Like, it looks, that other cover looks embarrassing. This cover is, like, award-winning. So, I'm very excited to read this one. It's way shorter than I thought. Like, I already knew it was short, but it's really it's short. Yeah. So, I'm very excited to read this one. Uh, you talked about it loads on the podcast already, so I won't go too into mm-hmm. it, but it's it's about mermaids, sort of. about It's about the, I'm trying to think of, like, what's the quickest way to put this? Mm-hmm. It's about the um, descendants of slave, um babies babies of slaves who were thrown off ships during the slave slave trade um so it's like it's got a lot of african history and mm-hmm. slave history um so it sounds really powerful and very interesting it's really the, good. okay next up two books that raylene sent me <gasps> she bought me so um raylene wanted to get me a present and i mean who am i to say no <laughs> and i was like i can't decide between these books and she bought me both because she's a pal so i got the vanishing half by brit bennett very excitingly i said to her i was like but i only want the british edition <laughs> and you got me the british edition well, which yeah. i'm really glad for because it's paperback and i actually like the cover more um i like both of the covers a lot but i just like this one a bit more the colors the colors are nicer yeah the colors speak to me um okay so it's funny that you mentioned passing because i'm like confused if this is like a retelling of passing know, have you right? heard the the yeah the synopsis for this one um two twins inseparable as children ultimately choose to live in two different two very different worlds one black and one white um, so it's about these two sisters who are both born from, like, have black parents, but one is more white passing and mm-hmm. one isn't, and they live very different lives. And it just sounds like the exact same as passing. So I want to read both of them, like, really close to one another. And we should compare. buddy read both of them. Yeah. We, we should do a special episode or something. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be fun. And then the other one Raylene got me. I'm so hyped on. It's People from My Neighborhood by Hiromi Kawakami. Um author of Strange Weather in Tokyo and the Nakano Thrift Shop. This is microfiction. It's a collection of microfiction. So it's like, there's a lot of short stories in here. Let me look. There's like, I don't know, it looks like 30, 40 short stories. But they're all just like two or three pages long. And they're really, really weird. Like I was just waiting for Raylene to get on our Zoom call and I read two of the stories like in three minutes yeah and they're really strange so i'm very excited about that um that'll be a lot of fun okay next up oh boy oh boy welcome to my box set edition of the anne of green gables books (laughs) you know what's funny i got that exact same box set when i was like eight years old i love that you now have it (laughs) i think i did too I think every I young think, Canadian girl got that box set. I know, right? And I don't think I read it. Well, no, I know I didn't read it. But I mean, I think that because I didn't read it, my parents like donated or or I donated it at some point. Mm-hmm. But 
It's back, man. It's back. What's so weird is that it was actually really hard to track down. I ended up buying it from the book depository. I don't know if this edition or something has gone out of print in Canada, which doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But, um, yeah, books one to eight, Anne of Green Gables. Mm, I need to know what happens. I need to read about her and Gilbert. Um, (laughs) But I also got this book, The Blue Castle by Lucy Maud Montgomery. So... Lucy Montgomery has written loads of books that have nothing to do with Anne of Green Gables. And my boyfriend's mom loves Lucy Maud Montgomery and apparently was talking to my boyfriend about how I should read books other than Anne. Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, spread out because a lot of her other books are really good, too. So I was just looking into all of the different ones and I was just drawn to this one because... People were talking about how this character, Valency, is the oldest character that Lucy Maud Montgomery ever wrote about. Because most of her characters are like children, right? Mm-hmm. Or like they start as children. Yeah. But this one, listen to the, I love the, I love Have the Have you synopsis. said the name of the book yet? Yeah, The Blue Castle. Okay, I, I wasn't I sure. I wasn't sure if I heard you say that. Just making sure. Just looking out for my piece out there. At 20... At 29, Valency has never been in love, and it seems romance has passed her by. Living with her overbearing mother and meddlesome aunt, she finds her only consolation in the forbidden books of John Foster and her daydreams of the Blue Castle. Then a letter arrives, and Valency decides to throw caution to the winds. For the first time in her life, Valency does and says exactly what she wants. Um, That kind of sounds like a Ghibli movie. It sounds like a Ghibli movie. It kind of sounds like Harry Potter. Like a letter shows up <laughs> yeah. and everything goes to hell. I'm there for it. That um, great. Okay. This next one, very aerial in that it is so deeply random. <laughs> the Ghost Map. <laughs> <laughs> By nice. Stephen Johnson. The subtitle is The Story of London's Most Terrifying Epidemic and How It Changed Science Cities and the Modern World. So mm. this is for my pandemic collection. It's a nonfiction book about cholera. (laughs) (laughs) I love that for you. (laughs) It's the summer of 1854 and London is seized by a violent outbreak of cholera that no one knows how to stop. I'm there for it. Amazing. Finally, I have two graphic novels. First, I have Wendy, Master of Art by Walter Scott. So I... I saw this. I didn't, I haven't gone to a bookshop in months, so I just got all of these online. And it's kind of hard buying a graphic novel online that you've never heard of. And like, you don't know the author or anything. I just kind of took a, I took a chance and it really paid off. So it's about an art student. Yeah. The drawing style, I recommend everyone looks up the drawing style because it looks really funny. Um, And it's about this girl named Wendy, who is an aspiring contemporary artist whose adventures have taken her to galleries, art openings and parties um, in LA, Tokyo and Toronto. And she's now attending an MFA program at the University of Hell. So it just sounds like (laughs) I'll really enjoy it being a person who's like in the liberal arts, had like did a master's in, mm-hmm. in English. I think it's going to crack me up. And then the final book is Band Book Club. Oh, I'm so jealous you got that. One of our listeners, I think, messaged us about it on yeah. Instagram or something. And I was like, what is this? We both found it's... out about it at the same time somehow. Yeah, we were together. I, I don't know what happened. I totally forget. It's by Kim Hyun Suk, Ko Hyung Joo, and Ryan Estrada. Um, and it looks amazing. It's a true story. Um, It's set during 1983 during South Korea's Fifth Republic, and it's about this 
I was going to say main character, but it's like I said, it's kind of a memoir. So this girl mm-hmm. who joins this book club of banned books during a time when her government is like banning more and more books. It just looks amazing. Oh, and the so art good. is really cool. So very excited. I've got quite a stack. Will I read them? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what will it take for you to read lots of books? Clearly a month offline just didn't do it. <laughs> I know, right? It was a weird month offline, though, guys. I was dealing with a lot of personal stuff. I'm being evicted. I say that, like, very liberally. I'm just, like, telling everyone. I'm like, I'm being evicted. Because it sucks. (laughs) To be fair, I don't know if evicted is... I mean, I think it is the right word. Like, we're being forced to leave You've been asked to leave, yes. So (laughs) that sounds like we're being evicted, right? Um, It's not because of anything we did. It's not like we didn't pay rent or something. It's just that... I mean, to be fair, I'm not furious at our landlord or anything, uh, I well, I kind of am, <laughs> but I get it. He, I think he's having a hard time because of COVID, like so many people. So he's yeah. decided to sell the house we live in. And obviously, if he sells the house, we can't go. live in the house. <laughs> so it's become a very stressful time around here. I, I'm gonna tell you right now: don't move during COVID. It's not great. <laughs> You'd be also, surprised how many freaking people are doing it right now, though. I I'm not surprised because I'm it's trying to so do it, <laughs> and it's impossible. The market is so crazy right now. Um, but also like the worst part for sure has just been having people come and tour our house. Yeah. During COVID? Are you kidding me? (laughs) I haven't been to like a bookshop, a restaurant, anything in months, but it's fine. People are just allowed to walk around my house. Oh my, it's a nightmare. Don't worry. We're doing the precautions. I have literally a stool in front of my front door with hand sanitizer. We don't let people in unless they're wearing masks. We tell them not to touch anything. We have all the doors open and all the lights on so they don't have to touch a door handle or a light switch, but still it sucks. That's not All right, best book news, Raylene. What is the best book news you've heard? Okay, I'm, I have got a good one. I heard it like a week ago and I was really like, Oh, that's intrigued. cool. Yours will probably be better than mine. I just looked it up yesterday because I haven't been looking oh, yeah. at anything. So I yeah, was just like, totally. what kind of news? Like, I haven't heard any news. Um, but I found something that was posted on theguardian.com on the 19th of August. So it's not okay. super, super brand new news. Um, I think it sounds super cool. Have you ever heard of the Future Library? Oh, God. Feel like i have but you might have apparently it's funny i don't know how i've never heard of this um it's this art project where basically contemporary authors write something like a short story yes, a novel margaret or whatever. atwood 100 yeah. years margaret right? atwood did it yeah it's apparently so yeah they they write something and then it gets put away until 2114 yeah so she'll never no one no one alive will ever read it none of us will ever get to read it and so yeah ocean wong apparently is contributing Uh, one he's the seventh author who's participating yeah among margaret atwood david mitchell has also participated and i don't know what the other authors are but yeah and it's in norway (laughs) it's super cool it's super random this kind of whole process is very interesting so Basically, they contribute their work and then they go out to, where is it? The Nordmarka Forest, which is in Oslo (laughs) or high above Oslo, apparently. Um, Apparently in 2014, they planted a thousand trees there. And then they go, they surrender their manuscripts in a short ceremony. And then I think, I don't know if they get buried or what, but then for the next hundred years, they get, oh, it says they get sealed in the, um, in Oslo's Dykeman Library for the next century. Um, And then... 
the trees because there's something about the forest they go to the forest do a ceremony and then later they'll chop down the trees and use those trees to make the paper that will make the manuscripts and then they'll be read by people 100 years in the future which i think is so random but i think it's so cool it's very cool cool. it's kind of sad that we won't get to read them but that's cool news i like that news the news i heard is a bit more like uh revolutionary (laughs) please tell Powell's, you know Powell's. <laughs> yeah, you heard of Powell's? <laughs> I have Powell's bookshop, biggest bookshop in Portland, one of the kind of biggest independent bookshops in North America. Uh-huh. They've decided. Don't worry, it's not bad news. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm scared. <laughs> no, it's exciting news. They've decided to say a real f you to Amazon, and oh. they've decided to not ever sell any of their books through Amazon ever again, Ooh. which is a really big move for a bookshop to do in this mm-hmm. day and age. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that Amazon started as a bookseller. So it didn't start as just a random retailer. It was for books. It was for selling books. And Hmm. so it's been around for a very long time as a tool that bookshops book it, like the book industry uses. The bad news is that it's gotten too powerful Mm -hmm. Um, because it's kind of too good at what it does in like facilitating buying for for buyers right it's not it's not that good for shops but it's very good for buying um but it kind of seemed like i read this article it was very interesting from the gist that i got it seemed that because of covid powell's moved a lot like like lots of indie shops Mm -hmm. they've moved so much of their selling to online to their own website and because of that they've kind of gotten a business model from their own website that is strong enough that they can ditch amazon Mm -hmm. and put all their energy into their own website and into shipping from their own warehouse with their own rules and their own everything so I'm just very excited because, you know, Amazon is very detrimental to the book industry. It has a lot of perks for sure. Like people that normally couldn't afford books can buy books from Amazon and people that live in really remote areas that don't have good Mm bookshops, you can just get anything shipped to you. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. But it is exciting to hear this. I'm very curious if like other bookshops, like are we going to see the Strand do this next? And They might because a lot of people are fighting back against amazon right now so yeah i could definitely see that happening we'll have to stay updated on this one because i could see it like developing story here (laughs) um all right let's let's cap this episode off with what we're currently reading we've brought you up we told you what the heck we've read what the heck we bought now what the heck are we reading raylene what are you reading right now man you are gonna be oh yeah you texted me oh what the hell you texted me and you were like you'll be so excited to find out and i'm like what the heck's it gonna be i think you'll be excited but also sad because i got to it first and (laughs) that is i have decided to finally start reading 1q84 by Murakami. oh shit (laughs) yes i am you know what i'm just proud of you we've all gotta take our own paths in this life thanks dude i know i was just like you know what it's time. I intended to start reading it at the beginning of August. And yeah. And I just didn't because I wanted to just see how much I could read and read lots. And then yeah. I feel like I got satisfied by how much I read. And I was like, it's time to jump into a huge totally. book. And I am currently on page 137. 
and oh, you're, honest, you're deep in. Yeah, I started it. Good for you. I started it on Friday. Today is Tuesday. So yeah, I mean, I haven't been reading it for very wow. long, but I've I've read a bit of a chunk. And for those who may not know, I have the beautiful three volume mm-hmm. edition that you can get in a little slipcase, and it's game changer. It's so nice. I brought this camping with me. I don't think I would have brought a 1,000-page tome yeah, camping with me in my exactly. backpack because it would have felt unsafe um, for my book, you know, for his integrity. Um, but I, I brought this camping with me and read it, you know, sitting outside, and it was, oh, it's great. It's hasn't gotten super weird yet, which I know is coming. I know this book is going to be really surreal and strange, and it kind of deals with alternate realities and stuff like that. So I'm excited for it to start getting weird. So far, it's just kind of been going back and forth between the two main characters, one of whom is an assassin, which is very cool. Oh, she's a, I didn't know a that. killer of bad men, basically. Whoa. She's like part of this association or something. I don't really know yet, but she they basically find men who abuse women and then send her off to assassinate them. And oh my in God. A, and she does it in a very discreet way. She has this special tool that leaves no trace behind, so it looks Classic. like they just died. And so it's like there's no one on her trail. She's a wonderful <laughs> assassin and it's so cool. I really like it. And her name is Ao Mame, and apparently mm. um people called her Edamame sometimes. It's <gasps> cute. Made me it made me laugh. That's um, cute. I had Edamame for breakfast today. Oh, delicious. That's just a fun fact for everyone. <laughs> So yeah, there's that main character, and then Tango is the other main character who's a man, and he is a math teacher and aspiring writer, and he's approached with a strange, like, opportunity that is kind of sketchy, and he's like, what should I do? I don't know, and so it's about him trying to kind of do this writing project that's kind of sketchy, and then it's about her being an assassin, and I'm like, where is it going to go from here? I just know it's going to get really freaking weird, and I'm so excited. I love that for you. I'm Thank really you. happy. I think you I think you're gonna love it. I'm very excited too that you're like reading more Murakami. Yeah, I'm now that I'm reading this, like I have a friend who's obsessed with Murakami and she has pretty much all yeah. of his books, which is good for me because now I can just borrow them whenever I yeah. want. Because I have a feeling I'm gonna wanna read more of his stuff after this. Like I'm really, really liking it. I love that. I can't yeah. wait for updates. Well, what am I currently reading? I'm actually really into what I'm currently reading. Cool. Except until I started playing Graveyard Keeper. Then everything <laughs> went to hell and I stopped reading. But I, I am excited. I'm about, like, two-thirds of the way in. And I'm reading A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor by Hank oh, Green. Hallelujah. So, yeah, I'm, like, very much at the beginning of the third act. It's, like... There's been a lot of stuff that has gone on. It's been very interesting and very fun. But it has been kind of a lot of setup a mm-hmm. little bit. Like, it's been like, all right, all these people had to get to this point. Right. In order for the real climax to happen. And mm-hmm. I, it feels like I'm right there at this point where it's kind of like... Um, the, the very different thing about this book versus the first book is that this one's told from like five different perspectives. Um, and so they're in the other book. It's like about a group of friends, as you know, um, trying to kind of save the world. And so now it's like that group of friends has all sort of broken up a little bit. So you see the different friends doing different things on different paths that are all leading to this bubbling point. Now they're all back together again. And now everything's going to explode. Is it five? friends i don't know what i'm talking about but like a group of people um so yeah so it is just so much fun it's also like exactly what i need right now in that it's very escapist because it's kind of crazy like there's a talking monkey and (laughs) and like all sort of all sorts of lunacy 
but also it has really interesting um talk about the internet about social media about fame about all all these sorts of things that hank green knows so much about Mm -hmm. um so i'm loving it and i'm really glad that i'm reading it because it was like my most anticipated book of the year and it often happens with me that I'm like really excited about two or three releases in a year and then I don't read them. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, I have that same I, problem, man. <laughs> what am I doing here? So, so yeah, so that's what I'm currently reading and I'm hyped on it. Well, this has brought us to the end of our big update episode. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of fun getting back into the swing of things with you, Raylene. So excited to be back on Books Unbound. Feels good. So, um, before we go, we have one final fun update and that is that we have done a little bit of a of an overhaul on our patreon community Mm -hmm. um we have tweaked the tiers a little bit um so that we just have one tier now if you were um if you joined our community beforehand and you're on another tier don't worry you'll still get your perks don't you worry um but from now on we just have this one tier and it's the dust jacket I'm so proud of this name. I don't know why. It just, it feels like a band or it feels like a gang. It's like Books Unbound in the Dust Jackets. We're oh, like I a love band. It when you say you, that. <laughs> I love it when you say it like that. It's really good. Exactly. So I made, I had a lot of fun making some art for the Patreon. So at least just go look at it so you can see the effort I put into the art. <laughs> that just is like how I wrote the Dust Jackets, a Books Unbound community or the Books Unbound community. Um, so yeah, if you want to join our Patreon, it's the best way to support the podcast. And uh, you get our bonus mini podcast, which we are about to go off and record. Books mm-hmm. on Bucket, the podcast where I ask Raylene a silly bookish question and she answers it. This week, I want to ask you about rereading books, about what books you really want to reread still. Ooh, Have I asked you this question, question before? I have I don't right? know. I don't think I have. Probably if not. I have, it's fine. We will have just forgotten last exactly. time. We'll just do it again. <laughs> um, so if you want to hear what books we're excited to reread, go and check it out on Books on Bucket. Uh, so yeah, so glad to be back. Thank you so much to Mars Grove, our community manager, for making this podcast work. And to... Um, our sound guy, my brother, CJ Bissett of Northern Soundhouse, who you can find links to all of them down in the, down, I say down as if this is a YouTube video, in the show notes, wherever the hell the show notes are, um, who edits the episode. And uh, he also names our episodes, which is a big feat. Oh, that's super cool. <laughs> I wasn't sure who was doing that these days. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you to you, Raylene, for recording with me. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.